freaking have the kiddos 10 and under. Go downstairs. Miss Ashley's going to be teaching you guys today. you got a big, big thing today. You know, I know as the kiddos are uh, going downstairs, it's okay to bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit today, isn't it? Amen. What an amazing worship time. I want you to know that uh, as you sing, your, your voice has more strength than you know. And throughout the Bible, there's that demonstration of the powerful shout like Rod talked about. And it's amazing how when you shout in the midst of your circumstance, how the Lord can come in there when this enemy comes in like a flood. There the Spirit of the Lord is to raise a standard against it. How many of you have been flooded before with your circumstance? But your voice, your shout, is so vitally important right now for you not to be quiet. Turn to someone and say, please don't be quiet. Lord, I just thank you for what you're placing us in and what you're bringing us through. And Holy Spirit, you're here right now among us to work in power. And Holy Spirit, you're here among us to break chains. Holy Spirit, you're here among us to heal and just to bring deliverance to something. And our expectation is nothing short of that. And may we have our voice back again. Give us strength, Lord Jesus, to shout at the wall. Give us strength, Lord, when we're looking at that wall and we see defeat and we see hopelessness and despair. I pray, God, we shout until our voice is no more. Lord, we have been quiet for too long. We've allowed the circumstances to almost like an avalanche overtake us. And Lord, we might have a thousand on one side and ten thousand on the other. But God, I thank you that all we need is you. It's all we need. All we need is you. With every eye closed right now, I want you to whisper that right now. Say, Jesus, all I need is you. I want you to say it again. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. You're our substance. You're our strength. You're our song. In fact, you, Lord, declared in your word that you dance over us and that you sing over us. Lord, some of us need a song right now. And may we have the picture right now, Father, of you singing over us. You're singing over us. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord spiritual songs. And maybe your song 
is simply something out of the bottom of my heart where, where it's a cry. Where it just says, help me. Help me. As we are quieted, as our soul is quieted, He fills us. As we are still, there is that refreshing. Be refreshed this morning. I admonish you today to be refreshed. It's okay to be refreshed. Just drink it in. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Forget not all of my benefits. Some of us, we lay our heads down too long, our chin has been down. Maybe like children, place our chin up. In fact, I know this sounds silly, but physically, I want you to do me a favor and look up to the sky. When you pray right now, I want your posture not to be down. But I want it to be up. Look up from where your help comes from. Father, we want to be on the receiving end of your blessings. Our help comes from you. It doesn't come from people or power. Not by might, nor by power. But by my spirit declares the Lord. We have a helper today. And just let the brightness of his glory come over you with your chin up. In Jesus' name. Amen. He fills us when he wants to, doesn't he? And you get filled when you want to. Yeah. No, you're fine. so careful when the Holy Spirit's speaking not just to jump into the next thing. So we'll sit for a minute. We need to move with Him.
dear one, if this one is for you, and this word of the Lord for you, just take it in. And let it be a reminder that the Lord loves you so much that He wants to speak to you. And to all of us. Lord, thank you for that word of wisdom, word of prophecy. You can keep playing. I'm sorry, it's going to be a long day for you. <laughs> Ephesians 6.12 God is running us for battle. God is readying us for battle. Ephesians 6.12, we still use Bibles here at Turning Point. Amen. You don't got a sword here, bring it. If you don't got a sword, download it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil and the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, it didn't say if it might come, it when it comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after doing everything to stand, stand. Stand firm then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with a readiness, that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, which is the word of God. Or, I'm sorry, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We'll stop right there. But it's interesting. He says, put on the full armor of God so you can take a stand against the devil's Schemes. This is for our struggles, not against flesh and blood. I want you to know today that the story of angels and demons, we're getting into Halloween, and uh, you have people dressing up like little devils and stuff to be cute. And uh, it's a cute little thing Halloween is, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, it's funny, we make a joke of it because we live in a Western nation that doesn't talk about spiritual things anymore, but the reality is that our battle is very spiritual. And that demons aren't little cute little masks we put on. They just try to destroy people's lives. And the devil that we make jokes about comes to steal, kill, and destroy our life. So if you're going through hell right now on earth, it's not because of Jesus. It's because the enemy tried to destroy your life. 
And we need to ready ourselves for battle. And here's where we are in our evangelical movement in the Western world. In fact, Charles Kraft, who has performed hundreds and hundreds, we're going to go deep real quick now. Are you ready for that? Turn somewhere and say, we're going deep. We're not going to stay on the little church platitudes, okay? We're, we're going to have to dig in and get understanding here. Now, what we had yesterday was a very beautiful thing. But hopefully what starts to happen and what st- starts to kind of gel together for us is an understanding that there is a deeper realm for our lives, a spiritual realm, a rhythm, a thing that is happening that we are fighting our battles against a very wicked devil who wants to take us out. So when we're dealing with sin and when we're dealing with all those issues, we're realizing that the enemy wants to trip us up and we realize that we have to ascribe the battle for that and we have to start getting mad at that thing in our life. Look beyond the person. Jesus, when he, when he rebuked Peter, he said, get behind me, Peter. Satan. Peter had subjected himself to the suggestion that Jesus didn't take his life. Thank God Jesus did take his life, and he didn't listen to Peter, right? But get behind me, Satan. And we need to start addressing Satan more in our everyday life. Can I get a hearty amen there? You need to quit addressing your boss and your spouse and your kids. You need to start addressing the enemy that lies behind the mess in the first place. Ready ourselves for battle. Turn us around and say, are you ready for battle? Now in the army and the military, they're always ready for battle. Always. My pastor Kimball had told a story when he had retired from being in the military. He was laying in bed, and I'll never forget my parents telling me this, but he said that an alarm went off or a fire truck went off and all of a sudden he literally jumped out of bed trying to find his rifle. He was dead asleep and he thought he was in the middle of the battle for his life. And that was after he had been in the military. It's kind of a funny thing. But for all of us, we have to have that kind of intensity that we go after the things of God and have a very strong mind for battle. It's an amazing thing. Why don't we open with the Lord in prayer. Lord, we just thank you today for the battle. The battle is not ours. The battle is yours. And we just pray, Father, for all the situations that we face, that God, as we declare the word of the Lord, that we ready ourselves for the battles we're facing, and Lord, we prioritize and understand that, God, we have to take the enemy down. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said, Amen. Okay, Sandra, you're done. <laughs> Thank you. That's beautiful. Charles Kraft writes, We cannot be content to merely recount the stories of what he used to do as if basking in biblical history is all that Jesus requires of us. How many tired are basking in biblical history? He is still willing to use that power to bring people into freedom and love and love we see in the lives of biblical heroes. God did not turn off that power when Jesus left the earth. He didn't turn the power off, folks. Now, there's whole movements out there today that say that Jesus turned the power off with the last disciples. And I scratch my head from even a theological perspective, and I say, there is absolutely no biblical context for this. None. I mean, what what about the 70 that went on there? And they came back. What happened to those 70? Did they stop at the 70? I mean, this thing is a multiplier. And what Western Christianity has done in the church 
It has dampened the gospel to the point to where the only thing we get from this Bible is historical context. We might as well be archaeologists just looking at coins and saying, oh, that was cute. Wasn't it cute he delivered that guy from demons? Wasn't that a fun little thing? What an odd thing, but wow. Neat. First we're going to say neat. And that's the call of the believer. And do you know, really, it's funny, do you know who has the corner market or had the corner market? Do you know where these renewal movements happen? When the people of the Bible actually picked up their Bibles and actually started reading them and seeing the living Word of God and saying, wait a second, God wants to replicate Himself. The Holy Spirit wants to move out and do and demonstrate Himself this way in my life. Boy, that's a pretty amazing thing. Do you know in the Lutheran renewal and the Catholic renewal, you know the Catholic Church, they are amazing at this stuff. You don't hear about this stuff, but there's priests out there that are kicking devil butt right now. And us cute little pastors with our cool clothes on are trying to get little tips and tricks for people that need to have power demonstrated in their life. They need power. Western missionaries go over to these other nations and it's just a fact. What's happening is they're going over there using this Americanized gospel and guess what? When they save these people, save them, when they bring them to Christ, present the gospel, they're not training these leaders and pastors that there's a real devil and that you have the power of God to deliver people through the word of God. They go there and if they need a breakthrough in their life, you know what they're doing? They're going to the shamans and the witch doctors to get some power. We get mad at them for it. Why should we get? They should be mad at us for not telling them all the things of the gospel. The full gospel. It's not just the forgiveness of sins. And some of us evangelicals are going to have to get real with ourselves and actually repent and say, God, I have been foolish. I have been haughty. I have been proud. I have been arrogant. Because you know why the church doesn't jump in this? Because they don't want to look bad. Come on now. We don't do deliverance anymore because it's not cool in America. We don't want to look stupid. People ask me, everybody wants to peg me. What are you, where are you? Well, we're not in the nomination. Well, what does that mean? I don't know. I tell them I'm a Baptocostal. They look at me. Baptocostal? Yeah, I got some Baptists in me and I got some good old-fashioned Pentecostal in me. Watch out. I might preach salvation one day and knock you in the back of the head the next. <laughs> Just watch out. You might have a good old-fashioned blood Jesus cross thing, and the next day I go, God wants you to be filled with the Spirit. And someone runs down the aisle. Uh-oh. We got problems today. Uh-oh. Didn't sign up for that. No, we didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up for casting devils out. I just wanted Jesus in my life. He said, well, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to do these works and greater. To ready ourselves for battle, though, and if we're going to get out of the historical context of the Bible, isn't the history so rich with historical documentation, Pastor? I need power. I'm great. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. But we got some other walls we got to blow down, folks. 
And I need Joshua's. I need to be a Joshua. You need to be a Joshua. Recognize right now, first, if we're going to ready ourselves for battle. If you're going to say, man, I want to enlist in this. Now, if you don't want anything to do with this, that's fine. But you know what? If you're going to sign up for it and be a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to have to hold yourself into account and say, God, I knew this. I knew what Scripture said, and I refuse to have it in my life. You're going to have to give an account for that. I'm going to have to give an account for that. I can't stay in platitudes as a believer my whole life. Recognize the areas right now that you are vulnerable to satanic assault in your life. Talked to a lady yesterday, a couple days ago. Yeah, amen. Talked to a lady a couple days ago, and she was talking to me about a situation she's facing, and she's dealing with this guy, she's tutoring and all these kinds of things, and she was telling me, I said, what is he in? And she said, well, he was in some Satanism, and he knows how to do spells on people and do witchcraft. Folks, there's real power in that. Here's the cool thing. It doesn't even touch the power of God. But I want to tell you the real reality of it. In fact, I was going through Coronado. I wanted to take my wife somewhere to a fancy Christmas thing or whatever. Look, you know they don't celebrate Christmas anymore. You know that. You can't do any Christmas stuff anymore. It's holiday stuff. Anyway, but I'm looking on there, and now there's this famous lady from Hollywood that's going to come to the Coronado. And I don't know if she's already come, but she comes there, and she gives you your cute fortune teller thing. And she comes on there and tells you all this and about your future and things. And there are, I'm sure there's these scores of believers, ignorant believers that will be there. And this is the coolest thing. It was the coolest experience. I'm sure there will be scores of ignorant believers who will around Halloween have these great parties and do these things and they'll bring a Ouija board out and they'll start going like this and start talking to people. It's amazing to me how many people touch this. It's amazing to me, let's go a little lighter for a moment. It's amazing to me how many believers will get their just daily horoscope out and start to see what they are each month and say, well, that's me. It's absolutely diabolical and it'll take you out of the kingdom of God and bring you into a power structure that you never dreamed possible. Recognize the areas that you are vulnerable to satanic assault. And I want to be careful today not to just talk about all the Satanism type stuff. I want to also talk about the vulnerable things of the general sins in our lives and imaginations and thoughts that are creating strongholds and keeping us from everything that God is calling us to. And the book of Acts. Do you know what? They realized that there was satanic assault. They had all sorts of uh, spells and witchcrafts and things and they were doing with all other forms of religions, and that's the problem with our New Age culture. We don't realize how much of that New Age thought has actually crept into our church society. How our thinking and how we do and how we do things, it's all part of that, and we need to cast those things off. But they had a book-burning party, believe it or not. They brought scrolls, had millions of dollars of scrolls just got burned right there. You know, I've been part of times and situations even in my life where I brought things over and said, that's garbage. It just symbolized something, and I want to get rid of that. I want you to look through your house today. Honestly, look through your house today and say, is there anything in there right now that I need to get rid of? I don't know if it's music. I don't know if it's entertainment. If you've got crap entertainment in your house, it's time to burn it up. Turn to and say, it's time to get rid of it. If you've got some junk in your life that you keep dabbling in, and by the way, don't give your junk to someone else. Here, it's, it's horrible, and the Bible says it's a sin, but it's, let's give it to this person. Maybe they can enjoy the sin for a while. How stupid are we? 
church. We need believers who get on fire for Jesus and quit paying this stuff and actually just say, it's garbage. My own son, I've shared with this before, but it needs to be relevant. It needs to be now, it needs to be real. My own son, we brought in video games. You think video games are a bad thing? Tell me something. Video games can be a horrible thing. And they will bring things into your home that you never thought were possible. And by the way, parents, that locked door that's in your bedroom of your son and daughter, you own that door. You own that lock. You unlock the dang door and start going through the chores because that kid's going to die if you don't. Look through the stuff. My son, we start looking through it together. There's this new fantasy game that he brought in. Skylanders, and we started playing it. And there was this, this uh, chaos was the name of this guy. And all of a sudden, something turned in our home. And this is where you need discernment and you need to listen to the voice of God. Skylanders, not a big deal. Cute little cartoons, cute little fantasy guys just shooting things. And all of a sudden, they have like these witch doctor guys that you have spells for and things. My son started having nightmares at night. Out of the blue. Where did they come from? Those nightmares come from somewhere, folks. Just so you know. Me and Hunter, we had to fight that thing for a while, didn't we? We won, though. We took it outside, and Hunter, we got it out back, and we took it out in the back, and Hunter takes the hammer, and we smash it up. He wanted to get rid of that stuff because it was bad. It wasn't like, Hunter, you better drag your stuff over and ignore it. We smashed it and got rid of it. It was worth it. And some of us question things in our life and go, well, is this so bad or is this not? Man, again, I always say this. If you, if you have to go there, I'll just get rid of it. It will be more beneficial for you without it. I want us to think with our hearts, not our heads. Sometimes our head doesn't think that our noggin isn't working. We've been thinking with the upper noggin. We need to think with this heart-given noggin for our lives. But recognize the areas that you are vulnerable to satanic assault. Francis Frangipane writes, When the Holy Spirit shows us areas that need repentance, we must overcome the instinct to defend ourselves. This is important for all of us. We must silence the little lawyer who steps out from the dark closet in our minds, pleads, my client is not so bad. Your defense attorney will defend you until the day you die. And if you listen to him, you will never see what is wrong with you, nor face what needs changing. Every one of us has got a defense attorney, don't we? We're dealing with satanic assault and stuff, and we get in the middle of things, and we go, well, this, but that, you know, and we have a really good defense attorney. You need to shut that defense attorney up. And it's a wonderful thing as the Holy Spirit moves in our life, but we need to start looking for open doors. We just got a new storm door. It's got cool locks and everything else. We put that door up, but folks, really what spiritual battle is about is about knocking down and battling those uh, doors and closing those doors and putting locks on those situations for our life. Restoring our confidence, Charles Kraft writes, I have become convinced through working in our inner healing and deliverance that the enemy's primary area of attack is our self-image. Isn't that pretty crazy? When it comes to your spiritual walk with Christ and when it comes to actually you doing things for God, the primary thing that God's going to do in your life and in my life is dealing with our self-image. It's amazing how God works through that. 
Satan does not want us to discover who we are. Dean Sherman writes, If we are unsure of ourselves, it is because we do not know who we are and whose authority we operate. If we're unsure of ourselves, it is because we are not we do not know who we are and whose authority we operate. If you're dealing with stuff right now, I don't care if you did the mistake. I don't care if the mistake was this person. I don't care if it was that. You can ascribe the authority of the situation and say, let's make this right. Let's make it right. Many Christians find themselves defeated by the most psychological weapon that Satan uses against them. This weapon has the effectiveness of a deadly missile. Its name? Low self-esteem. Satan's greatest psychological weapon is a gut-level feeling of inferiority, inadequacy, and low self-worth. This feeling shackles many Christians in spite of wonderful spiritual experiences and knowledge of God's Word. Although they understand their position as sons and daughters of God, they are tied up in knots, bound by a terrible feeling of inferiority, and chained to a deep sense of worthlessness. So you can know today that you're going to heaven. If you're going to heaven today, can I can you raise your hand? Okay, good. We're all going to heaven. Somebody help Mike real quick. No. <laughs> we all know we know it. We know when we're believers, we know that God is giving us heaven. Man, we can even know today that we've been forgiven of sins. But man, when are we going to get to the, that shelf over there, grab the biggest gun that God gave us, and actually start going to battle and using it for His glory and saying, God, this isn't about me. This is about me being the perfect person or adequate or all this kind of stuff. God, you made me adequate. I am righteous because you're righteous. And God, we're going to march this thing together and take care of this thing. Where does your confidence come from today? Where does your confidence come from? Colossians 2.11 says you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God. There's that word power. Who raised Christ from the dead. Mighty power there means this. Energia. It means working, action, operative power. The English word energy comes from this word. Everybody's looking for energy right now, aren't they? You got the energy drinks. You got those five-hour drinks. You got the 12-hour drinks. You, my, my, my energy needs to come at about 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock. It's always that way. It just, I need the power there. We've got to have the energy in those moments. But it comes from the word energia. And it's a very powerful thing when we start drawing our power from God. When we understand this, here's what's going to happen. We will become partners with Christ your honor. Do you know that God made you a partner today? A partner. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? When we received Christ, we became little Christs. That's what we became. We became God's voice on earth. We became his expression to the world. You think about all the heroes of the faith. And by the way, what made them heroes wasn't their perfection. What made them heroes was their openness to be used by God. The stained glass people that we have down here on earth... We're going to realize when we come to know all of them that these heroes were very simple people like you and I. Unfortunately, the church takes people and turns them into gods. And we turn people into gods. God's looking for partners. You think about what Mary did. Wasn't it pretty cool when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary? Said what he wanted to do for her and in her life. What did Mary say? This is the Steve version. I'm signing up. At that moment, Mary became pregnant. 
the moment she said, I sign up. See, God will not make you do anything. God didn't kick down the doors and say, Mary, you're going to have this kid, and if you don't... No, Mary said, he, he spoke to what he wanted, blessed woman of God, and Mary said, be on me. You think about Noah. Noah was a partner, wasn't he? When we start to look at the gospel like partnering, you know, Jesus said this about his disciples, I don't call you slaves, I call you friends. You think about Paul, Saul on the road to Damascus has an encounter with God and step by step God reveals his faithfulness and he says, Paul, I want to use you. Saul was a murderer. For some reason in God's infinite plan he wanted to use a murderer and that murderer partnered with God. Some of us, we don't want to be partners because we feel inadequate. There's no doubt we're all inadequate. Turn around and say, you're really inadequate. But God made you adequate. Why don't you say that one? It's a little easier. God partnered with Daniel. Pretty cool story with Daniel. Two things. Daniel was told. They said no one could bow. They could only bow to the feet. No one's going to pray. No one's going to do anything. Daniel went up to his upper room, opened the door, bowed down there, and he started praying just like normal no matter what anyone said. Daniel was praying and he was stuck in prayer for 21 days. He comes down in there and the angel appears to him and says, Keep praying, Daniel. The moment you prayed and believed, God had already heard it. But I have been tied in a battle with the prince of Persia. Don't stop. Some of you right now, when we pray, we don't feel like we have an answer. Don't worry about the answers right now. Keep going. There's a huge struggle and a huge war. Do you think the enemy wants to give up the stuff in your life so easy? That's how come the greatest struggle for a believer. When you become a believer in Christ, that's when you get into those greatest struggles. Because there's a treasure for us to go after and a treasure for us to have. He fought. John 20, 21 says this. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Where is God sending you today in these spiritual battles? Might be your home. Might be your family. Maybe your church. Maybe God's calling you to do some battling here. Just like Tanette said, she goes, I don't normally do this. <laughs> and she doesn't. <laughs> and all of a sudden, God puts her out there. Right there in that moment, there was a partnering that occurred. I want to encourage you right now all to return to battle. It's time to get, get to battle. Many times we've given up on the battle because we don't think it's worth the fight anymore. How many have been there? Can I get an amen? We don't think it's worth it anymore. And I want to tell you right now as your pastor, yes, it is. It's worth the struggle. It's worth it. Your faith-filled prayers. You're standing in the gap. You know, I love how that's, that, that's played out, how it said, standing in the gap. You literally are going in between that person, and there's a huge gap in space. If you can look, 
with spiritual eyes and see there is a huge gap there, there's a huge space. You're filling that void and you're standing in the gap. I heard one pastor say it like this, one hand is in the gutter and one hand is in the glory and we're bringing them together. I love that, that picture. Your faith-filled prayers, you're standing in the gap, make all the difference in the world. Anybody ever been afraid of the dark? I'm 40 years old, I can be afraid of the dark sometimes still. Put the blanket over our heads. John 1.5 says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. You know, Stormy R. Martin writes this, the unknown is not so frightening when we realize that all, the all-knowing God is right in it. We know him, and once we experience his light in the midst of darkness, our darkness will never be the same. The world lies in darkness. It's a whole place of hopelessness, fear, and worry. You know, for all of us, we are in some dark situations in our own life. And we kind of look there and go, man, this is really dark. But when you have Christ, his light in the middle of that situation, you don't need a whole lot of light in that. All you need is light right now for that moment. And it's amazing what that little flashlight will do. It's amazing how that will brighten the whole moment. Turn real quick to Isaiah 26, verse 3. I want you to know something that sometimes we forget as far as our battle gear is concerned. The name of Jesus is the name above every name. And demons in 2016 still flee at the mention of his name. I said that before, and I'll say it real briefly, but I remember the first time I had ever had an encounter with a demon was when I was 12 years old. I want to tell you that they're extremely real. And they run really fast when you say, in Jesus' name. You know that? Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You right now, through the word of God in your spiritual battle, because again, when we, Jesus' name is not this magic little thing we just do, you know, we don't just wave a cross around and have onions around our, our, our collar this week. That's not what we do. When we go into dark situations and that are full of confusion and everything else, as we build on the Word of God and our mind is stayed on Him, that's going to be one of the most powerful things spiritually for you and I in the middle of our darkness. You can have perfect peace in your dark situation right now. Not know all the answers. I didn't say you'll know all the answers. Say, how is it going to work out? I don't know. I have no idea. But there's perfect peace there. Folks, I want us to get to the point in our own life. Does anybody have a testimony, maybe today in your own life, what God maybe delivered you from? God truly delivered you? God maybe broke a stronghold in your life and you say, that is definitely something that God has done in my life. Folks, I want you to have the story of this Bible come out in your life. Share that with your kids. Share that testimony with people at work. Share what's going on in your life. Say, God freed me from this situation, and I am free, and I have freedom in my life as a result of that. The power and the blood in the name of Jesus, we overcome, dear ones, by this, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Why don't we just close our eyes for a moment? Sandra, if you want to come up here. Napoleon had a wonderful thought. He said this, 
said, I'm very happy to see the enemy wish to avoid our coming. And I thought about the verse of Scripture to go along with that. The enemy wants to avoid your coming. He is scared to death of the believer that works within the knowledge and attacks those things. The enemy is scared to death. And when you wake up to the situations, and when you come alive and realize that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, you will have an amazing amount of power to go with that. The Bible says this, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Today, dear one, first and foremost, maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You don't have a relationship with Him. Jesus died for my sins and He died for your sins. And He wants to be with you forever. He wants to live in your heart. And today, maybe you've had church your whole life, but you don't have a relationship with Christ. If you need Christ in your life today, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Thank you. Why don't we all pray this together? Dear Jesus, I thank you for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for filling my life right now and giving me new life. I'm choosing to walk after you. I'm leaving all the other stuff behind. And devil, you have no place in my life anymore. My heart is Jesus' home. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, today maybe you've been opening yourself up or been open before in the past and you've never, never dealt with it and you never brought that thing under the blood of Jesus. You know, with our problems... It's so imperative. We can't just be out there in our own little world. We need to bring these things with us and give them to Christ and say, God, I place those things right now and I give them to you. You know, the Bible says we cast up every, that, that stronghold that builds in our life. And today, if there are some strongholds in your life, maybe you dabble a little bit in Satanism. Maybe you've engaged in a lot of those types of things today. Maybe it was in, in your past and you haven't given those things to God and some of those things are still bothering you. And they're still coming back to haunt you, so to speak. And right now, today, you want to break free of those things. Maybe you've dabbled in the horoscopes and maybe you've dabbled in Ouija boards. Maybe you've dabbled with that type of entertainment industry that has introduced these fortune tellers and made them really cool and relevant to everyone. And you've subjected yourself to that kind of power. I don't want you to feel ashamed. And God's word brings to light those things that we were ignorant about before. But now you realize that, and you want to bring that under the cross of Christ. Today, if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, once you raise your hand, I want to pray with you today. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. There's some things just there that God is cleaning up. I want you to repeat this prayer after me, all of us. Dear Jesus, I bring this situation before your throne 
And I break it off right now with the blood of Jesus. I ask Holy Spirit for you to cleanse my mind. I take that territory back so I can give glory to you. Renew my mind, Father. I am breaking from those things. In Jesus' name. Freedom, folks. So easy to get entangled with it. And I want you to know that today your battle is God's battle. And all you're doing is you're joining God in that battle and you're saying, God, we got this together. We got this together. We have victory. Folks, I'm not telling you you won't have to go back into a dark situation. You might have to face some dark things, but you will have the light of God's word. You will have the voice. You will have the name of Jesus, and start proclaiming that. I tell you, one of the things that really got lazy for me in my life was this, and we really picked that up, was just even praying together with Anne and just abiding together in those things. And it's made such a world of difference. You know, we forget and take that stuff for granted, but pray together. You know, one of the ways you're going to break these things is just standing together and saying, we stand in agreement. The Bible says where two or more are gathered, you know, where two or more they agree on anything, It'll be accomplished for them. So you can accomplish a lot with agreement. You can accomplish a lot saying, we don't have it all figured out, but we're tearing these strongholds down right now together. We promise you to do that? Amen. I love you guys very much. Have an awesome, awesome week. It's a great, great week. And if you need prayer for anything, let us know. We want to pray with you today very specifically for anything. God bless you.